Hello, and welcome to Azeroth United, the podcast where we talk about World of Warcraft Dragonflight, World of Warcraft Classic, and everything in between. My name is Denethar, and I am your host. Hello, and welcome to Azeroth United. Thank you so much for joining us today. My name is Denethar, and I am your host today. Wow, it's been quite the week in WoW. Um, we've got a lot coming up. We've got a lot that's been happening. Um, Hall of Fame has opened up. The uh, or Hall of Fame is closed. Cross Realm rating has opened up. The uh, uh, Seasons of Discovery Phase Two is. Uh, there's just so much going on. So we'll get into all of it. Um, plus, we have a little sneak peek at what's coming up in Patch 10.2.6. And uh, yeah, just just so much to talk about. Um, so yeah, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. And as always, if you have any questions or comments about the podcast, or if you have a particular topic that you'd like to hear discussed, please do email me at denethar1 at gmail.com. I would really love to hear from you. Um, and I will respond. I promise I will respond to you. Uh, or you can leave a voice message by going to speakpipe.com slash United. Also, if you enjoy the show, please do consider leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Um, yeah, this is, is really big for podcast distribution. So, um, that would be very, very appreciated if you did, or any platform really that you listen to, but Apple is, is kind of the most important one. But, um, yeah, if, if, if you leave a review, I'd be very grateful. And, um, if you write a, if you write something in a little bit more than just uh, a rating, I will read it on, on the air. So, uh, definitely, uh, appreciate that. Um, what did I get to last week in WoW? Well, I will talk about that. Uh, I got my second character to 2000 rating, uh, my Fury Warrior. Finally got her, her going, uh, which is great. Um, I did the Amir Drasil raid uh, as well, which is really fun. I got my Monk. I resurrected him from, from death and, and level 56 uh, and ran him through probably about thirty time walkings to get <laughs> to get him to level sixty, but uh, but he, or to, sorry to level seventy. But he's there. I uh, did the raid. I did a couple of keystones on him. Um, nothing too big. I got a he's missed Weaver because I I miss playing a healer. I do, but Resto Droid is just dead to me right now. I can't play it. Uh, but yeah, Mr. Weaver is fun. I, I did the, uh, I did the raid on him and had no idea what he was doing. <laughs> I was, <laughs> was trying to melee heal in, uh, in the raid, which was not working. <laughs> so I was like, well, maybe I should figure out what, how to do this instead. So I, I limped through the rest of the raid. Apologize to the, to the group. Uh, I mean, I didn't do terrible healing, but it was, I was definitely the lowest healer <laughs> in the group. Um, but, uh, yeah, I had to. I had to watch a couple of videos of how how do I raid heal on a monk? <laughs> uh, so yeah, that was fun. Um, and uh, I, I think I ran a couple of keystones on the mage and the um, demon hunter is still there. He's just he's taking it easy now. He he got what he needed out of this season, so he's just gonna rest. Uh, I might try and get a um, heroic raid in, but honestly, I don't have I don't know if I have the energy for it. Um, and my wife's been plowing through heroic raids on her paladin. Um, and she got AOTC a couple weeks ago and I just, I don't know if I got that in me. So we'll see. We'll see. Maybe her, maybe her group will take me as a charity case. We'll see. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's, uh, it, that's about it. I, 
yeah, I, I did not get my Druid to level 25 in Season of Discovery, like I said I was going to, um, because, yeah, I, I just, I didn't. And so that's that's all there is there. Um, yeah, I, there's just too much going on at Dragonflight right now. I can't pull myself away from it. Um, I'm just, I'm having too much fun. Dragonflight is so good. It, it I went through a couple of phases of, uh, there's nothing to do in Dragonflight. Oh, there's too much to do in Dragonflight. Oh, there's, I don't know, I don't know what to do. And but I'm just every time I think about not playing Dragonflight and playing Season of Discovery instead, I I kind of go, oh man, I want to. If I'm going to play WoW, it's going to be Dragonflight, honestly. So I'll get in. I'll get into Season of Discovery um, when Phase Two goes live. Um, we'll talk about that a little bit more later. So. Uh, yeah, so that's, that's about it. Uh, like I said, I, I got up to a bunch of, of shenanigans, but, uh, mostly it was the fury warrior and the monk this week. So we'll see what next week brings. Um, but yeah, there's a, there's a lot of news. There's a lot of, uh, upcoming content. There's just a lot going on. So, uh, let's just get into it. It's time for the news. In Blizzard news, the Season of Discovery Phase 2 will be going live on February 8th. That's tomorrow as I'm recording this. That will be at 1 p.m. PST. So I guess it'll just they'll just flick it on. No um, uh, server reboot or anything. I guess it'll just enable. So... Um, uh, that'll be pretty cool. We'll go to level 40. Uh, we'll get the Nomragon raid. We'll get the new PVP bloodbath event, <laughs> blood moon event in Stranglethorn Vale. Um, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of, uh, new content that's coming. So there's a lot of things that have been data mined about this on Wowhead and, and different sites. Um, I, I really don't want to go into the data mining because I feel like it's antithetical to the spirit of season of discovery so uh yeah i'm gonna um in the something new we'll go over uh some of the new talents that are going to become available at level 30 and level 40 um but uh i'm not gonna get into the um the data mined content uh we'll save that for for thursday uh you can go discover that so uh season of discovery phase two february 8th 1 p.m pst enjoy the Arena World Championships Cup 2 will take place from February 9th to 11th. So this is the second uh, grouping. And then uh, I guess in March, there will be the top eight teams will compete against each other um, for for ranking. So um, yeah, I've, I've never really been uh, big into a- AWC. I've watched it a few times. Um, it's, it's cool. I just, I don't have the... Um, mental capacity for arena it's too fast for me <laughs> it's too fast i'm too old for arenas uh no i um i've done arena it's fun i did arenas in shadowlands it was actually a lot of fun uh paladin healer but um yeah it's um all of the counters and all of the uh you know when to use this cooldown and when to use that it's it's that's too much for me i, I can't handle all that so <laughs> i'll stick with mythic plus and uh the occasional raid uh, but if you want to check that out, uh, I think that'll be on Twitch and, uh, the links, uh, there's a link in the, in the show notes, but, um, you can, uh, check that out on, I think it's Raider.io has a, 
as a link for that. So anyway, uh, yeah, definitely check out the Arena World Championships coming up in this weekend. All right, so this let's get into this blog post from Holly Longdale. Um, this was released on yesterday, February sixth. Um, yeah, this is it, it, it was a lot, and and people have been talking about this and and kind of speculating on the uh, kind of what's what's going on with patch ten dot two dot six and everything. And um, I guess she wanted to address it, so um, yeah. She, she's she's kind of going through the roadmap. Uh, one thing that was interesting, the they have updated the roadmap for Classic, and the Cataclysm Classic beta will now take place after the solo self-found hardcore. So um, I guess that's being pushed out a little bit uh, into early spring. So we'll probably see that sometime around April, maybe? Um, yeah, it's, it's really hard to speculate on the dates for these things because, um, yeah, we just, we have no idea. Um, Blizzard is playing their cards very close to their vest and, uh, I think it's great. I, I think this is very exciting. Gives us a lot to talk about and a lot to speculate about. So, um, yeah, but the, uh, the big thing, uh, she, she had three points that she wanted to make as far as what they are focused on right now for the, uh, development team. Uh, first is continuing continue to involve evolve the wow continue to evolve the living world for all players so yeah not just for dragon fight but for classic as well which i think is really cool um you know you could look at classic as a museum piece but you could also look at it as its own living breathing game and they are definitely going to treat it as such i think that's great uh she says build on our learnings from 2023 to deliver content regulated dragonflight and classic Update and modernize your experience and quality of life in all flavors of WoW and listen to your feedback and keep improving. So really cool, um, you know, especially given all of the layoff news last week um, or two weeks ago, whenever that was, uh, I think it was two weeks ago. Um, yeah, the, the team is trying to move forward and I think it's great. And while we are still sad for all the people that got let go, um, it's definitely time to move forward. Um, Number two, she says, deliver the first installment of our most ambitious story with The War Within. Yes, definitely uh, a huge undertaking for the Warcraft team, not just in terms of um, the scale of doing three expansion story arc uh, planned in advance, but also um, still trying to woo back some of the players that were lost during the BFA Shadowlands uh, era. And... um, people who came back for Dragonflight and and didn't really like things the way they were, didn't like the story, were confused that there was too much to do, or didn't want to come back. They said, no, I'm not coming back. This sucks. Um, So uh, World of Warcraft The War Within is preparing to invite players for testing in the coming months, and we are working hard to deliver on the epic journey of our World Soul Saga. Yeah, this is very exciting. Um, I'm 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 psyched. <laughs> I'm really excited about uh, not just the World Soul Saga, but uh, you know, just the the new direction. I mean, Dragonflight was amazing in its uh, ability to keep players engaged in content. Uh, it, there was a time when I, I had to take a little break. Um, I didn't unsubscribe or anything, but I, I played a lot less, and and it was really tough to get back in because I was like, well, I don't know, I don't know what's going on. What are we doing? This is this is bizarre. And it was basically the time from 10.07 to uh, 10.15. I wasn't playing a whole bunch. And in that time, a ton of stuff happened. <laughs> so 
Yeah, that was a that was a challenge uh, for me as a regular player um, and somebody who pays a lot of attention to what's going on in game. Uh, that was hard for me to jump back in. So I can imagine somebody who's not really paying attention to these things to jump back in. It's going to be a challenge. But um, yeah, sounds like they're they're definitely trying to improve that process and uh, smooth out some of those rough edges. So yeah, we'll we'll see how that goes. Uh, and number three, try new things and take risks to bring you new experiences. Our development team is trying new approaches. Invention and creativity are critical to this ever-evolving world of Azeroth. We craft for and with all of you. So this goes into the patch 10.2.6 discussion. So first off, she mentions um, uh, WoW Classic Hardcore Self-Found Mode is coming in late February, followed shortly after by the beta for Cataclysm Classic. More news will be coming soon on that. Cool. As many have noticed, this is the first period of time since Dragonflight launched that we haven't had an active PTR, and we understand that it is creating some curiosity. For the 10.2.6 patch for Dragonflight, we created what we think is a unique event inspired by past musings from the community. Pirates. We can say that it is open to anyone with a WoW subscription if they want to participate. Classic or Dragonflight players. Pirates in Classic. (laughs) That's all we're going to say. Sorry, not sorry. Our goal is to continue to keep it secret and keep it safe. Nice Gandalf reference there. The speculation is great. We watched the reaction to the surprises in Season of Discovery and thought we'd try a similar but different approach for Dragonflight. That means there will be no PTR for a portion of the next content update as we have traditionally done. So we're going in blind, kids. What we can say is that it will be coming in March. A finer point, but the update will also include everything that's needed for Dragonflight Season 4, which we assumed that was going to be the case, but will be hidden around after the launch of the update. We will make Season 4 available for testing on a 10.2.6 PTR before it goes live. So we'll get the 10.2.6 patch, which will include the Season 4 data, and then they'll put up a PTR so we can test the Season 4 stuff, which will be cool. Um, yeah, so that's that's really fun. Why are we doing this? We like the idea of releasing content that has some surprises and isn't data mined or revealed in advance. Yes, exactly. Thank you. We also like to see the joy the community gets out of uncovering it all together as they jump into play. We look forward to seeing if the community likes this type of surprise and look forward to hearing your feedback. This is risky. Uh, This is a risky experiment and could be a bit bumpy, though we are doing everything we can to ensure success. The WoW team prides itself on ensuring a solid quality launch. Blah, 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 blah. We'll try it out in March. All will be revealed then. This is so cool. They're giving us a secret patch, which I think people kind of speculated that might be the case with just a skull and crossbones on the roadmap. But we've got confirmation now. Secret patch coming in March. So I would say probably about a month, five weeks or so, uh, we're going to get this uh, new patch on the live servers. And we'll we'll see what it is. Um, I'm I'm really excited. I'm I just think about being able to log into WoW and suddenly there's something new there that you had no idea about. You had no preparation for it. There's no data mining. There's no uh, guide on WoWhead. Just go figure it out. It's kind of like the secrets of Azeroth, um, although that was data mined. But a lot of people went into it with, all right, well I'm just going to try this and see what happens, and and really enjoyed that. Um, yeah, this is this is really cool. And so she said, we can say that it is open to anyone with a WoW subscription if they want to participate. 
Classic or Dragonflight players. Meaning, there's something in it for Classic? I, that's really cool. I think a, a joint event between the two versions of the game is amazing. Now, by Classic, do they mean Classic Season of Discovery? Uh, which is a lot more of a sandbox that they can just kind of play in? Or are we talking about Wrath Classic? Uh, maybe give people something to do in the doldrums of Ice Crown and Ruby Sanctum? Uh, before the Cataclysm patch rolls. I, I, I don't know. We'll see. Um, and definitely for Dragonflight, I mean, we have all the stuff about the Night Squall and all the pirate stuff that we talked about. Maybe it's that. Maybe there's going to be some sort of adventure. I mean, we did speculate on this a little bit, but um, yeah, this is really cool. So hopefully there will be some more news on this soon. Um, but I, I really hope that nobody cracks in and <laughs> uncovers any secrets I, i'd love to just be surprised in this i'm normally not a big um spoiler person like i don't care i'll i'll i i saw all the spoilers from from wow um the wow story from from years past i've uh i saw all the spoilers from the marvel cinematic universe um i knew who was gonna die in infinity war it's just all of it i it I don't care about spoilers, except for Endgame. And I've said that before, for whatever reason, Endgame was the one movie that I was like, I don't know what's going to happen, so we'll just find out. And I'm just going to go in blind. And it was cool. But I I just I can't help myself. Um, even back in the, you know, the old days when The Phantom Menace came out, I took every single spoiler I could. Because I just, that, you know, in the early days of the internet, we still didn't know what the heck we were doing. Yeah. Give me the spoilers. I'll take them. <laughs> so anyway, uh, yeah, this is this is very exciting and uh, definitely looking forward to season four. So if this is coming in March, I had speculated that season four would show up sometime in April and then patch 10.2.7 in May. I think this tracks with that. So um, we'll see uh, if, if we get 10.2.7 in May. I don't see why we wouldn't get a war within pre-patch in maybe august which is mind-blowing um maybe even late july he get it in late july get the 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 release of the new expansion in late august Whew, wow <laughs> that's talk about turnaround man that's that's crazy anyway uh yeah we could just go on and on about this but um yeah this is definitely very interesting and um I, i'd love to hear from from people what what you think um if uh if you like this sort of thing you won't you want to be surprised or if you're frustrated that there's no uh ptr that there's no data mining that there's no um reveals by blizzard um yeah i'm curious to to see what people think so uh yeah hit me up if you want to you want to drop your opinion on that so anyway that's it for the news let's uh oh man that's that's a lot that's a lot of topic uh now let's get into World of Warcraft. Let's talk about World of Warcraft. This week in WoW, we have Dragonflight Season 3 Week 13. Um, wow, this is just flying by, isn't it? It feels like just yesterday it was patch 10.2, Guardians of the Dream being released <laughs> that's, that's a while ago <laughs> uh mythic plus affixes for the week are fortified volcanic and spiteful okay this is a great great week uh fortified Nabas 
non-boss enemies have 30% more health and deal 30% more damage. Okay, yeah, we all know that. Volcanic enemies cause eruptions of flame near distant players. Additional volcanoes may appear near existing volcanoes. Yeah. Okay, so this is um this is the uh healer or caster affix. Um or if you have one of those tanks that likes to just drag mobs all over the room, then you'll just get volcanic everywhere. So this is a great week to go group things up, have everything nice and tight, and then run when you get the spiteful ads because spiteful is spirits rise from the corpses of non-boss enemies and chase down random players dealing heavy melee damage uh i do think there's a i saw weak aura for this i guess it pops up if you are being chased and uh or makes a sound if you're being chased and it pops up on the spiteful ads head anyway uh this spiteful is not tough to deal with you can kill the mobs uh, uh or you can crowd control them because they lose eight percent of their health every second so they will eventually die. Um, we just don't want to let them hit you. That's or, or your healer. Don't let them hit the healer or the mage. Going to protect the mage. Uh, yeah. So this is a this is a good week for pushing fortified keys. Uh, volcanic is basically a joke. Um, just don't stand in the fire. <laughs> it's really what it is. Um, and spiteful, while annoying, uh, this isn't the the worst thing. And and we don't really have anything that's going to uh, except for maybe Throne of the Tides, um, that's that's going to happen. So it, Spiteful keeps you in combat. Um, so as long as you have the Spiteful ads up, you're in combat. And so I don't know if you can take the portal in Throne of the Tides if there are Spiteful ads up. So you might have to get that last pack before the um, the orb. You might have to kill. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think... Otherwise, I mean, I'm trying to think of, of any other uh, Mythic Plus dungeon that has a, a is going to have a difficulty with this affix. I don't think there are. Um, yeah. So anyway, yeah. Uh, Fortify volcanic spiteful. Yay. Uh, all right. The uh, weekly events and holidays. Okay. Here we go. This is there's a lot. So buckle up. First of all, the bonus events. There are two. One is the battleground bonus event. So this will be the, uh, you'll get the sign of battle buff, which honor gains from battleground objectives and wins increased by 50%. Very cool. You can pick up the quest, A Call to Battle from Kazra in Valdraken, which is win four battleground matches, and you'll get five marks of honor and 175 conquest. Really cool. Um, yeah, if you're uh, always wanting to PVP uh, and, and you're just afraid to, this is a good week to do it because there's going to be a lot of other noobs out there. So. Uh, yeah, go go check that out. Uh, the pet battle bonus event is also this week. So you'll get the sign of the critter buff, which is battle pet experience increased by 100%. So very cool there. And you'll get the quest, the very best, from Kazra in Valdraken, which is defeat five players through the find battle uh, with a team of level 25 pets. So basically, it's uh, you got to defeat five player or five uh, players in PvP pet battle. Uh, and then the reward is an ultimate battle training stone, which is instantly trains any battle pet to gain 25 levels. So you can zip your pet on up to 25. Uh, yeah, I'm, these events are both, uh, not super interesting for me. Uh, I, if this is your niche, uh, battlegrounds or pet battles, then cool. Uh, but I, I'd suspect that the majority of players, this isn't really what they're interested in. So, um, it's good that they combined these two together. Uh, otherwise it's kind of a waste of a of a bonus event week um and 
Yeah, I, you know the the arena event, the uh, or the arena skirmish, the uh, Raider Battlegrounds. Uh, those are both more interesting than just the battleground bonus event. But uh, yeah, I mean it's fine. Um, honestly, it it kind of gives a break from having. Oh, I got to run time walking. I've got to do four mythic on twelve alts. And this is this is kind of like a week off. So focus on running your fortifieds on your main, pushing up your rating, and uh, yeah, you'll be good. The PvP brawl this week is packed house. <laughs> I love the description for this. We've put more PvP in your PvP. In Packed House, there's nowhere to hide as you face not two, not three, not five, but 15 adversaries in this 15 versus 15 arena battle. <laughs> uh, yeah, this one's uh, this one's quite wild. Um, it's a 15 on 15 arena uh, in, in the normal arena size. So yeah, it's definitely a Packed House. Uh, it's chaos. Um, uh, you know, if if you're looking for something different, this is definitely it. <laughs> this this is pretty. This is pretty cool. Um, and this is not a slog like some of them. It'll be over fast. So um, yeah, enjoy uh, packed house. You can pick up the quest something different when you zone into the uh, PvP brawl, which is going to give you if you win, you'll get some conquest honor and marks of honor. So definitely check that out. Uh, in holiday events, we have three going on right now. Uh, first off is the Lunar Festival. Uh, every year, the Druids of Moonglade hold a celebration, blah, blah, blah. It's go visit the elders. Um, uh, but the big thing that we did not mention last week uh, is that you can purchase for 50,000 gold the Lunar Festival armor for the Winding Slither Drake, which looks like a, uh, Eastern Dragon, which is pretty cool. I actually really like it. Um, and I think you can buy it from a vendor, uh, the Lunar Festival vendors, which are in the capital cities, Moonglade, and the Vale of Eternal Blossom. So uh, definitely go check that out if you got the 50,000 gold to spend and you are definitely looking at this appearance thinking, I want that, go get it. Because once it goes away, you're not going to be able to get it again. Who knows if maybe even ever um, this might not show back up because we'll be in the War Within next time the Lunar Festival rolls around and who knows what we'll be doing as far as straight customizations go. So uh yeah so check that out um but the lunar festival yeah just you, you go talk to the elders you you get the, the little orbs that you can put on the ground uh this is a good time to level up some alts um to take your alt around you could dragon ride around the old zones so that'll make that definitely a lot easier uh there's a guide on wowhead it shows you the the most efficient route to go find the elders but um yeah yeah i mean lunar festival is is fine it's uh it is what it is and it's just the one new thing for it so there you go uh the dark moon fair is in town uh dark moon fair is always awesome i love the dark moon fair uh make sure you go check out the uh or ride the ride the uh merry ground or the roller coaster for your xp and reputation buff make sure that you are doing your profession quest for the extra profession knowledge and skill points if you haven't finished up your uh your skill points uh some of the professions are a little tough to get from like about 80 to 100 so this will help and um yeah, make sure make sure you do that for your crafting and gathering professions. Um, as well, you can. Uh, there's just lots of things to do. You can get shot out of the cannon. You can fly through the rings. You can. Have, there's a race outside. Go fight the death metal knight. You go listen to the elite torn chieftains. Um, yeah, there's it's a lot to do at the fair. Fair is fun. Uh, once a month. <laughs> it's not really fun beyond that. And you're like, oh, this is boring. But it'll run till the tenth. Uh, so that's this Saturday uh okay and then finally the love is in the air now there's a lot new in this 
holiday. So I'm going to run through it. Um, but if I miss anything, sorry. Uh, the, the big thing is um, there's a new uh, gala of gifts, which will be an area outside of Stormman and Orgrimmar that you can check out um, and get your uh, or spend your, your love tokens. Um, so yeah, uh, go check out the areas just outside of the capital city. Uh, Stormrun and Orgrimmar, and and get that. In addition, so there's there's always a bunch of quests, um, and then there's dailies, and then there's the storyline quest. Um, but in addition, this year, I guess you can donate 10,000 gold to get some tokens and to get uh, credit for an achievement. So if you're interested in that, giving 10,000 gold a day to the uh, love vendors, then uh, go check that out. Uh, there's a scenic getaway portal in Valdraken. Uh, it's just right next to the bank that you can use to portal to several uh, scenic and or romantic locations. Uh, so you can, it'll take you to the Gala of Gifts outside of Stormrunner or Orgrimmar based on your uh, faction uh, preference. Uh, you can go to a romantic hideaway in Valshara, the um, thrilling peaks of the Jade Forest. Uh, you can go to Winterspring, uh, Northern Stranglethorn, and uh, the Holiday Quest destinations, which is really cool because if you remember during the uh, uh, Christmas events, it was kind of a pain to uh travel up there but uh anyway uh yeah so there's the portal in valdraken uh as far as the tokens go so uh there's a few different ways to get your love tokens uh you can do the intro quest line uh, you'll get some there you can do your dailies you get some there there's the crown chemical company storyline and as i mentioned there's the donation of ten thousand gold a day uh, there's a few new items this year that are available for purchase. There is a new mount, the Heartseeker Manta Ray, for 270 tokens. And it's basically just a pink and purple recolor of the Manta Ray mount. So if you like this uh, hideous-looking mount, uh, go check that out. Uh, there's the Heartseeker Moth, which is a flying battle pit for 40 tokens. There is the Date Simulation mod Modulator Toy for 100 tokens. So this will allow you to... It says, place down a date simulation modulator for up to two hours that allows you to view the world from a different perspective. Uh, so um, I guess it uh, makes things more romantic. I think it changes the skybox and, and stuff like that. So, uh, and obviously it's only going to affect you and your party. So uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. The exquisite love boat. So you can get a boat. I think it will seat four uh, and put it in the water. And that's 270 tokens. And then the... Eyes for you only, which allows you to tune out non-party members. I think this turns everyone who's not your party member into a heart shape or something. It's 40 tokens. I, this was one that people were talking about wanting to use for content. Um, so I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Um, it's uh, 40, 40 tokens for that one. And then there's new transmog, which is the eternal uh, rose in yellow, white, pink, orange, blue, and black for 20 tokens each. Um, there's the same as the, it's the one you hold in your mouth. Um, so it's a, it's a helm piece. Uh, okay. And then finally you have the queued boss fight. So this is killing apothecaries, Hummel, Baxter, and Fry in, uh, Shadowfang Keep. Um, you have a chance to get the X45 heartbreaker mount if you are level 60 or higher. Um, your first attempt of each day will have a higher chance than any other attempts. Uh, I read somewhere that it was like one in a hundred for the first time a day and one in 3,500 
each additional time after that. Or So I don't know how somebody came up with those numbers, uh, but it was on the internet, so it must be true. Uh, and then you can also get the Dragon Riding Holiday Armor, which is a loved-themed uh, renewed proto-Drake armor. Uh, same uh, odds as the X-45 Heartbreaker, so enjoy not getting either of those. Uh, in addition, you can get some necks, uh, neck pieces, which I believe are item level 428 Adventurer Track, uh, pets, toys, and cosmetics. So, uh, yeah, pretty cool. So, the, the, like I said, there's a lot of new stuff in the Love is in the Air, which is kind of interesting because um, of all the holidays, I, I really don't think a whole lot about this one, but they've definitely put a lot of effort and energy into it. Um, if you haven't already checked out the trading post, there's a ton of uh, Valentine's Day or Love is in the Air themed items in there. Um, there's the, I mean, you, you're definitely going to want to check that out if, if that's your thing. Uh, and then for the um, Traveler's Log reward, there's the uh, Love Witch uh, Transmog set, which has the little skirt that looks like a Sailor Moon outfit. Uh, that one's really cool, too. Um yeah, definitely, uh, definitely a lot of fun there. Uh, if you are into that sort of thing, if if you're not, if you if you're too manly for that, then uh, that's okay. But uh, if you're like me and you already paid the thirty bucks for the Twilight Witch transmog and mount off of the store, then hey, you know, <laughs> what are you gonna do? <laughs> I got I gotta dress my girls up. Uh, okay, uh, yeah, that's it for the love is in the air. So, like I said, uh, there's a lot of new stuff there, but uh, go check it out. It'll be a lot of fun uh hot fixes for the week uh okay so we had some hot fixes uh yesterday which is the 6th of february um so shaman primordial wave now travels faster to his target okay that's fine uh amir Drasil. um so first of all the hall of fame is full and mythic difficulty is now available to cross realm raid groups so that's really cool my wife was trying to get into a mythic uh raid last week and she couldn't because it wasn't available yet but this week she's definitely going to do that uh i will not be doing that because i am not playing at that level <laughs> I, I don't have the energy for that so uh, but more power to her uh there are some big big nerfs uh to farak not quite as big as the tendril nerfs uh, a couple weeks ago but uh pretty big uh reduced the number of aflame targets from four to three on mythic difficulty uh farak health reduced by 10 percent on mythic holy moly uh burning and dark colossus health reduced by 10 percent all right uh spirit of caldoria health reduced by 20 percent. i guess it makes it easier to heal them up uh darnassian ancient health reduced by 20 percent on mythic heart of emergisil now begins stage two with 60 percent health remaining and reduce the number of corrupted seeds created from two to one uh yeah so hopefully this makes it a lot easier to uh, for these cross realm groups to get in their kill rock or for guilds that have been progging on him and uh just hadn't been able to quite make it um you're still going to get your cutting edge achievement so you know if, if people are going to nitpick you because you did it after the nerfs well you know what i don't know what to tell you uh in other dungeon and raid uh so this one's kind of interesting the temple of Ankaraj, the prophet scarum now properly responds when the encounters reset i guess it was bugged <laughs> um yeah okay yeah, good. It's uh, important to go clean up those old uh, old raids for transmog uh, seekers. Uh, Vault of the Incarnates resolved an issue that could cause the Primal Cast to not cast spells. Primal Council to not cast spells. Uh, yeah, that would be um, a big deal if they didn't cast spells. Um, probably would make the encounter a lot easier. So it's a good thing they fixed that. 
And Dawn of the Infinite, Galakrond's Fall, addressed an issue where Dazek can sometimes snap to target player on death while channeling increasing Blight Breath. Yeah, the uh, Blight of Galakrond's. I hate that fight, so... Anyway, uh, and then finally, the Matrix Restabilizer, all effects reduced by 20%. I don't even know what that is. It was on the hotfix notes, but uh, sounds like some sort of engineering thing. Yeah. Uh, and then last week, there was some other hotfixes that came through. Um, there was a, an achievement fixed in an issue with the achievement Battle Mender Season 3, not providing progress. Okay, cool. Uh, Mage, shifting powers visual, will now appear smaller and should be less disruptive for the Mage's allies. Very cool, because that one's annoying. Um, dungeons and Raids. Uh, so we did have uh, a change to the private auras on Farak. So Flamebound and Shadowbound were set as private auras, which means you couldn't access them through weak auras. Um, and so players had to do these really complex and cumbersome add-on macro workarounds for it. And so they've decided to just make them available. So uh, what they say here is we've observed that the common strategy for players executing the flamebound and shadowbound mechanics on Mythic Farak involves a cumbersome add-on macro setup and execution. Our goal with this change is to remove this burden for players who are progging on the encounter and refocus the challenge on the gameplay. So cool. I think that's good. And, you know, this is Blizzard learning how to challenge raiders and how to challenge players. Um, you know, what to make private and what to make available. I think this is good. Uh, okay. Blackrock Hold fixed an issue with the enemies around Lady Valendris Ravencrest do not have linked aggro. Okay. Uh, Dawn of the Infinite, Galakron's Fall fixed an issue with the Manifested Time Wake and un occasionally cast Unwind during Keystones. Um, I'm not sure what that one is, but uh, yeah. And uh, I guess that's a, when it was a Mega Dungeon. Anyway, uh, the Everbloom fixed an issue where the ancient protectors encounter can fail to respond. Yeah, that would suck. I fixed an issue where Archmage Soul can cast Cinder Bolt Storm twice after gaining fire affinity. And fixed an issue where the mages before Archmage Soul were not resetting their health after they left combat. Okay, cool. Uh, so just a little bit of cleanup there. Uh, there was a pet battle change, fix an issue causing several multi-hit pet battle abilities to have a chance on ignore a chance to ignore on death passives such as Undead or Mechanical Resurrection. Um, so, yeah, I guess this is uh, if your pet gets hit by something, um, and then if you have a Mechanical or Undead, they come back to life, and then if the multi-hit ability, it will kill them anyway. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's it's fine. Uh, I, guess, I guess that's an issue. Uh, so it's a good thing they fixed it. Uh, and finally, player versus player fix an issue causing Stoneform and Fireblood to trigger a longer cooldown for Gladiator's Medallion than intended. Okay, cool. That's it for the hot fixes. Um, yeah, those. You know, going through the hot fixes sometimes it's like, oh wow, that's cool, and other times it's like, Ugh, who cares? <laughs> this is all this little ticky tack stuff. But you know, the Farak nerfs are huge um, for for those groups. Uh, I really hope that uh, we get a lot of a lot of guilds that are going to be able to get in there and kill him now. So, um, yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, I, I really like the Farak fight. I think it's a lot of fun. Um, you know, you can do it in a in a basic group with no voice comms. It's that's great on on normal. Uh, but if you're doing it on mythic, it's definitely very challenging. So I think that you know the, the scale there is good. Uh, maybe a little too high for mythic, and I still think that. Uh, for the race to world first, they should have uh, tournament realms where guilds can go on there and, and 
and work on the encounters, but, uh, you know, we'll see. Maybe, maybe that'll, maybe that'll happen eventually. Um, all right. So that's it for this week. Um, like I said, season of discovery is opening up tomorrow, February 8th at 1 PM Pacific time. So that'll be 4 PM my time. Uh, definitely going to go check that out a little bit. Um, but, um, I'm looking at this uh, Mythic Plus Affix combo this week and thinking I'm, I might push some keys. So <laughs> it's too much too much to do in WoW. Not enough time to do it all. So plus I got to record a podcast. Hello. All right. Let's, uh, let's get into something new. Let's talk about something new. So for Season of Discovery, we have an interesting new dynamic here, which is uh, all the classes have their level 30 and level 40 talent uh, capstones. Uh, I guess the level 30s aren't a capstone, but uh, you get the idea. It's it's a new ability. It's a new uh, thing that, that gives you some sort of new uh, access to something new. Um, and so rather than going over all the new glyphs uh, or the new runes that are coming out, because like I said, those are data mined. I don't want to go into all of the data mining stuff because I just don't like it. I, I think that that's bad for Season of Discovery. I think it'd be better for players to go discover that and figure it out on their own. Um, aside from what Blizzard has already told us, which we talked about uh, a couple weeks ago. So with that said, um, each class has six new abilities uh, or six new talents. Now, some of them are better than others, and some of them might not be taken. Um, but it's always very interesting to review this stuff because, especially with whatever runes we get in season, uh, Phase 2, um, there could be some really interesting interactions. And some of these talents we really only take when we can take them with another talent that maybe we don't have enough points yet to, um, to, to take. So, like, as an example, SM Ruin for Warlocks. You can't do that yet. So, um... Yeah, uh, it's a really interesting. Level forty is a is a really weird spot to kind of pause and, and do an end game because you got your mount, you got your your potentially a capstone talent in your tree if you go straight down the tree. Um, not 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 all classes can do that though. Uh, Feral Druid is an example of you you got to go into the balance tree so you can get Omen of Clarity and uh, increase your physical damage, or you've got to go into the restoration tree to give you. Um, extra energy when you go into cat form so there's you know there there's a lot of nuance with these talent choices but um yeah let's go through this okay so starting with druids we're just going to go alphabetically uh with druids we've got in the balance tree nature's grace all spell criticals grace you with the blessing of nature reducing the casting time of your next spell by 0.5 seconds which is really cool uh and in combination with that at level 40 you get moonkin form yay moonkins uh, transforms the druid into boonkin form. While in this form, the armor contribution from your items is increased by 360%, and all party members within 30 yards have their spell critical chance increased by 3%. The moonkin can only cast balance spells while shapeshifted. So you get an extra 3% crit, which that works with Nature's Grace to give you more uh, or reducing your cast time. Um, and Blizzard did reveal that uh, we were going to have an Eclipse rune in Season 2, so or Phase 2. So that's going to give us, um, yeah, uh, those Starfire, long Starfire casts. Uh, if you're critting on those, it's going to speed those up. I think this is really good. This, it, balanced Druids are going to be really strong, I think, well, with the Moon Conform. Um, 
yeah, very much looking forward to that. Uh, feral Druids, uh, so you get Fairy Fire Feral, which is fine. Um, it's really good for, for tanks uh, to grab a target, um, put Fairy Fire on them, or in PvP for Cat Druids, or for Bear Druids, but mostly Cat Druids, uh, because uh, Fairy Fire decreased the armor of the target by 175 for 40 seconds while afflicted, or while affected, the target cannot stealth or turn invisible, so that's really cool. Uh, Leader of the Pack, uh, which is basically, it gives you the same buff as the Moonkin form, which is 3% crit for all party and raid members, except this is melee crit, not spell crit. Uh, uh, yeah, and that's it. So it, it, I feel like this is not as good as, of a talent as Moonkin form, because Moonkin form also gives you the benefit of turning into a Moonkin and uh, increasing your armor. Moon Conformance is great for PvP. Uh, Leader of the Pack's fine. A, a lot of builds don't end up taking it. I think that 03021 is a really popular one um, in Classic. Uh, but I guess it remains to be seen what, what people will take in Season of Discovery. Uh, for Resto Druids, we've got Nature Swiftness, which is great. So next Nature Spell becomes Instant Cast. And then Swift Mend, which consumes a rejuvenation or regrowth effect on a friendly target to instantly heal them for an amount equal to 12 seconds of rejuvenation or 18 seconds of regrowth. Yeah, Swiftmend is great. Uh, that one is is really fun. Now, I, I will say Druid healers in Classic typically didn't take this one because they weren't really doing a whole lot of rejuve or regrowth. They were using downranked healing touch. And um, so, I, I don't know, we'll see... I know this is one of the things that Blizzard has been trying to get people to stop using these kind of borked spec and um, builds. But uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I like Swiftmend. I mean, in, in retail or modern WoW, Swiftmend is fantastic. Um, but uh, it's definitely been buffed in, in modern WoW and Dragonflight. So, uh, all right, moving on. Hunters. So for Beast Mastery, we have Intimidation. Uh, command your pet to intimidate the target for a next successful melee attack, causing a high amount of threat and stunning the target for three seconds. So this is great. Your tank dies, so you intimidate with your pet, stun the target, and give you guys a chance to regroup and maybe kill the mobs. Uh, Beastial Wrath. Oh, man, this is, this is going to be great for Beast Mastery Hunters. Uh, send your pet into a rage, causing 50% additional damage for 18 seconds. While enraged, the beast does not feel pity or remorse or fear, and it cannot be stopped unless killed. So no, no stunning the pet, no fearing the pet, no crowd control, nothing. You, all you can do is kill it. <laughs> so this is huge for PvE and PvP. Uh, Marksman Hunters. So you get Scattershot, which is a, a stun. Oh, it's actually a disorient um, at uh, short range. I think it's 20 yards. And then True Shot Aura, which is uh, 45 yards, uh, increases attack power by all party members by 50%. Uh, interesting though, this is party members, not raid members. So um, I remember having to have hunters in various groups for uh, the true shot buff. Uh, and then survival, we have counterattack, which is a strike that becomes active after pairing an opponent's attack. This attack deals 40 damage and immobilizes targets for five seconds. Counterattack cannot be blocked, dodged, or parried. So this is a really interesting one for melee hunters because nobody ever took this back in classic. But for for melee, this might be really interesting, especially if Blizzard buffs that up a little bit. So we'll see. We'll see how that goes. That that could be a very interesting one. And then Wyvern Sting, a stinging shot that puts the target to sleep for 12 seconds. So this is just a, a CC. It's a short CC. Um, and then once they wake up, they get damage. Uh, 
after uh, damage over time. So, uh, yeah, this one's okay. I've never been a huge fan of Wyvern Sting, but it's fine. I don't dislike it. I just don't love it. Uh, all right, mages, magey boys. Uh, Arcane, presence of mind. So this is another one of those that uh, you won't be able to take Pompyro. Um, so presence of mind when activated, your next mage spell with a casting time of less than 10 seconds becomes an instant cast spell. So this is a big one to take in combination with Pyroblast, which requires, um, I think that would require level 41. Uh, yeah, so unfortunately, no Palm Pyro for mages. Uh, and then Arcane Power, when activated, your spells deal 30% more damage while costing 30% more mana. Uh, yeah, this, see, this, I feel like this fits really well with the Arcane Mage class fantasy, which is go all in, um, take all your energy for doing maximum damage. Because, uh, yeah, this will burn you out of mana really fast. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, Arcane Power, always a very popular one. It's a lot of damage, uh, damage increase. So cool for mages uh, who are actually trying to do damage rather than healing. Uh, fire. Speaking of fire, uh, we get Blast Wave and Combustion. So Blast Wave is just a f wave of flame that radiates outward from the caster, damaging all enemies uh, in, within the blast and dazing them. So they it's like 150 damage and uh, daze for six seconds. And then combustion, which uh, causes your next three critical strikes or your next three spot fire spells to critical strike. Um, yeah, this one's and and I think they do increase damage too. So combustion, a uh, very iconic uh, mage ability. And then for frost, it's all defensives as you get ice block and ice barrier. Um, so yeah, ice block. Uh, you're immune to all physical attacks and spells for 10 seconds, but you can't move, cast, uh, or attack. And then Ice Barrier shields you for uh, 438 damage and um, prevents you from having your spells interrupted. So cool, cool. Uh, Paladins. Uh, okay, so this is really good. Divine Favor is a nice ability. Uh, when activated, gives your next flash of light, holy shock, or holy light a 100% critical effect chance. Um, you know, I, I played a paladin healer in classic, and uh, paladins are, are fun. Um, but I, I definitely didn't like the having to rely on crit in for the paladin. The divine favor is nice, but I feel like it's it's on too long of a um, it's not too long ago cooldown to be really useful. Um, but yeah, if you haven't played a Paladin Healer, uh, Illumination basically gives you mana back to the cost of the spell if you crit. So anytime you crit with a, with a healing spell, um, you're going to get your mana back if you crit with it. And um, yeah, this just gives you 100% crit chance. So I mean, it, it's it's fine. It's fine. I just... Eh. This is this is near and dear to my heart because I played a paladin. So, <laughs> and then holy shock, which is um, it's, it's awful. Uh, blast the target with holy energy, causing two hundred uh, holy damage and two hundred healing to an ally. Uh, yeah. Oh, holy shock! Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. And moving on, <laughs> uh, protection gets blessing of sanctuary and holy shield. So, blessing of sanctuary is one of those that I feel like um, is is less impressive than it could have been. Um, so this just reduces damage uh, taken, or no, this reduces the amount of damage that enemies do, um, and uh, I think it increases their block 
Oh no! When they block, they the target takes damage. So, uh, so the paladin takes less damage, and then they do more damage uh, from their shield. It's a small amount 10, 10 damage, uh, fourteen damage, but it adds up over time. Um, the problem is, uh, this I think you're, you're not going to be able to get sanctuary and kings. So, or no, kings is in the protection tree. So, yeah, it's fine. Go, go ahead, get get sanctuary. It's all good. And then Holy Shield uh, increases chance to block by 30% for 10 seconds and deals 65 holy damage for each attack blocked while active. Um, yeah, I mean, this is this is cool. Uh, this is just more threat, more block. Um, this is great for Paladin tanks. Oh, I remember now. Blessing of Sanctuary. The reason that people don't like to take it uh, at level 40 is because you don't get Consecrate then. So you can, you can get Blessing of Sanctuary or Consecrate. That's what it was. I'm like, I know there's something. I just couldn't remember what it was. Uh, okay, sorry. Retribution, Sanctity, Aura, and Repentance. This is very underwhelming for Retribution Paladins. Uh, Sanctity, Aura increases holy damage done by 10%. And Repentance is a uh, six-second crowd control. Um, yeah, so it's, it's cool, I guess. Not anything super exciting. Uh, priests get uh, for discipline priests you get divine spirit and power infusion now this is huge first of all divine spirit is massive uh, especially low level that's going to be really great for these uh, uh, low level raids um, or the, the leveling raids uh, and power infusion uh, sorry divine spirit increases your spirit uh, it's just a buff that you could put on and you won't get the raid version of it so um, you have to go through and bless or put spirit on every single person in the raid which is fine because there's only 10 people but still it's annoying uh and then power infusion in, increase infuses the target with power increasing their spell damage and healing by 20 percent lasts 15 seconds so this is the weakened version of power infusion the version that's in retail now is like way overpowered but um yeah this is really cool uh holy spirit of redemption and light well or lol well as we used to call it um spirit of redemption is cool it's better than its initial implementation which was just a uh, the priest uh, blows up and causes holy healing on all and damage on all the targets so it does damage to enemies and heals allies but instead we get uh, the spirit of redemption that can cast any healing spell for free of cost for 10 seconds but it can't move so if you're dragging the group away from the priest where the priest died, they can't do anything with Spirit of Redemption. So it's kind of a, it's an okay spell. It's it's not, or okay talent. It's, it's not great. And then Lightwell, again, I'm really hoping that we get something that buffs Lightwell because I, I like the idea of it, but it puts responsibility on the uh, DPS uh, to heal themselves and they, they don't like that. So it wasn't really used very well. Uh, for Shadow, oh, this is a big one. So we get Vampiric Embrace, which... Uh, uh, it's a debuff that you put on the target that causes all party members to be healed for 20% of all shadow spell damage you deal. So this is like an early form of discipline priest healing. And then uh, shadow form. So it increases shadow damage by 15% and reduces physical damage done to you by 15%. This is massive for priests. Um, yeah, very exciting. Very exciting for shadow priests. Uh, rogues. <laughs> the rogue tree is funny because it's like they didn't know what to do and so they were just like i don't know here take some stuff um assassination you get cold blood which uh increases the crit chance of your next sinister strike backstab ambush or eviscerate by 100 percent. okay that's cool and then vigor which increases your maximum energy by 10 okay <laughs> for combat uh blade flurry uh which uh uh, it allows you it increases your attack speed by 20% and it strikes an additional nearby opponent 
Um, yeah, this one's okay. Uh, it's not as good as Blade Flurry in Modern WoW, but uh, I'll take it. Uh, Adrenaline Rush increases your energy regeneration rate by 100% for 15 seconds. This is really cool because you can do a lot of damage if you've got energy increased uh, increased energy regeneration. So very cool. Uh, and then subtlety. Uh, so we get preparation, which is finishes the cooldown on all your other rogue abilities. Um, and then premed or premeditation, which is um, automatically puts two combo points to your target. So um, if there is a ability to move your combo points to another target, that'll be really cool for uh, rogues or for subtlety rogues because um, they can do that, and then uh, it'll give them. It'll allow them to move those points around, so that'll, that'll be really good. Uh, we're almost done here, so <laughs> three more shaman. We have elemental. They get elemental fury and elemental mastery. So elemental fury is, uh, increases the critical stick damage bonus of your searing magma and fire nova totems by 100. percent Cool. And then elemental mastery, when activated, the spell gives your next fire, frost, or nature damage spell a 100 percent critical strike chance and reduces mana cost by 100. percent Okay. Yeah, very exciting. Said no one ever. Uh, I mean, it's good. It's more damage. More crit, more damage. Um, enhancement. Oh, this is big. Um, parry. Give a chance to parry enemy melee attacks. Um, yeah. So they'll be able to block, dodge, and parry now, just like all the other real tanks. <laughs> so uh, congratulations to Shaman on being the top tank in uh, Season of Discovery Phase 2. I'm calling it now. Uh, and then Storm Strike uh, gives you an extra uh, attack. In addition, the next two sources of nature damage uh, dealt to the target increased by 20%. So, cool. Uh, Restoration, Nature Swiftness. It's just like the Druid one. Um, instant cast spell for your next nature spell. Uh, and then Mana Tide Totem, which is uh, restores mana to everyone in the party. So, that's really cool. Uh, Warlocks. So for Affliction, you get Siphon Life and Dark Pact. So Siphon Life is good because it uh, transfers 15 health from the target to the caster every three seconds. This will be really good for tanking if you are going the Affliction route. Uh, Dark Pact drains 150 of your pet's mana, returning 100% to you. Also very cool for mana uh, regeneration. Um... Uh, demon, demonology, blah, blah, blah. demonology, demonic sacrifice. So when activated, sacrifices your summoned demon to grant you an effect that lasts thirty minutes. So this is really um, this is more of a, a build spec thing, but um, yeah, depending on what pet you sacrifice, you're going to get different ability. Uh, Imp increases your fire damage. Succubus increases your shadow damage. Voidwalker increases your health and or restores health, and Fell Hunter restores mana. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if if this is a kind of the default if sacrificing the void walker is default for tanks or maybe the fell hunter who knows uh and then soul link when active 30 percent of all damage taken by the caster is taken by your imp void walker succubus or fell hunter instead in addition both the demon and master inflict three percent more damage um yeah this is really cool uh soul link is a good one for uh tanking i think well we'll see we'll see we'll see how that goes uh, destruction, you get Ruin and Conflagrate. So like I said, you can't do SM Ruin yet, but uh, you, you will when you get to 60. Uh, increases the critical strike damage bonus of your destruction spells by 100%. Very, very fun. Um, more crit, always more more damage equals good. Uh, and then Conflagrate, which is uh, ignites the target that's already affected by Immolate. 
uh, and consumes amulet spell. So yeah, conflagrate's good. I like conflagrate. It's fun. Uh, all right, finally, warrior. So arms, you get sweeping strikes. Your next five melee attack strike an additional nearby opponent. And mortal strike, which is a vicious strike that deals weapon damage plus 85. It wins the target, reducing the effectiveness of any healing by 50% for 10 seconds. Mortal strike. That This is like one of the most iconic talent choices in vanilla WoW. And uh, yeah, so if, if you're you're feeling the love on the arms warrior, um, you, you got tired of playing Fury or whatever the reason is, uh, go check that out. Fury gets Death Wish and Bloodthirst. So um, Death Wish increases your damage and makes you immune to fear, but lowers your armor and resistances. So it's it's kind of in line with Fury. Uh, and then Bloodthirst, which is uh, a melee attack, uh, does 45% of your attack power. Uh, it's an instant attack. So this is a really good um, this is a really good move for for warriors because uh, it's not on uh, next uh, next melee. So um, yeah, blood bloodthirst. When I, when you get bloodthirst on a fury warrior, it's oh so much fun. Uh, anyway, uh, protection gets uh, the very underwhelming concussion below. Stun the opponent for five seconds. Eh. Uh, and then shield slam, slam the target with your shield, causing 200 and something damage, modified by shield block value, and have a 50% chance of dispelling one magic effect on the target. Also causes a high amount of threat. Now, this is really good. Um, I know that people aren't really inclined to go protection warrior, but um, maybe maybe it'll change with uh, different runes in Season of Discovery Phase 2. So we'll see what comes from there. Um, I, I guess the long and the short of it is uh, there's some, some interesting talents that will have some interesting synergy with some of the runes. Um, and there's some talents that we really won't see people take until level 60, or if even then. Um, but uh, there's definitely a lot of new content in season of discovery not just the content that's new in terms of um the the season of discovery specific things but the things that we haven't seen yet but that we all know we, we know mortal strike is coming we know that nature swiftness is coming um we know that moonkins are going to be everywhere so um yeah this is really this, phase two i think is probably going to be even more exciting than phase one was, which is saying a lot because phase one really got people sucked in. So this is, this is really cool. I'm really excited. I can't wait to get in there and mess around and get my ass beat in Stranglethorn Vale. Um, but yeah, uh, very excited for season of discovery phase two. So there you go. Um, and I think that's it for the, the something new, uh, segment. So let's move on to the weekly rant. It's time for the weekly rant. So I don't, this isn't a rant per se. This is more of a um, observation. Let's, let's call it. Uh, when I first started this podcast, uh, I had a lot of views and, and opinions about the game and, and the way things work. And as time has gone on, I've, more and more I felt that World of Warcraft was kind of lacking uh, in something, and, and I wasn't really sure what that was. Uh, I couldn't quite put my finger on it. There's so much content in Dragonflight that I, I didn't feel like it was a lack of content, um, but I, I've since come to realize that it, I, I think it's a lack of soul in the game right now, and that's not necessarily a negative. I just feel like in terms of the um, 
overall vibe of Dragonflight. It's definitely very uh, bland and generic. Um, even maybe a little bit um, sterile, if you would. Um, part of that is the story delivery, for sure. Um, there's there's definitely some uh, improvements that could be had uh, from the story department. And I don't think the story's bad. I just think that the story is... It's, it's like a paint-by-numbers uh, story. So... Um, it's it's nothing special, um, and when I look back at the storyline for different expansions in the past, and some of them had more of a storyline, and some of them had much more disjointed storylines. Um, you know, if you look at BFA, and uh, you only played one or the other faction, you only got half the story. There's a whole mess of storyline that you didn't get. I played Alliance in BFA exclusively. And when I went back to play a Horde character, and it was like, oh, go go rescue um, King Rast- or Princess Talanji from the storm. I was like, what? When did this happen? Um, so, yeah. I, I feel like um, the WoW story and the kind of the feeling of the expansion in general have, has definitely, um, it's oscillated over the years. You know, you had your high points in Legion and um, Wrath of the Lich King. And you had your low points in Warlords of Draenor and honestly Cataclysm because the story in Cataclysm was not great. Why the heck were the Twilight Cultists there? They never went into any detail about um, what what Deathwing was trying to do and, and you know this, the end times and all this. It, it was so confusing. And as a player who just wanted to, to raid and, and do dungeons, it was... It wasn't important for me to really pay attention to that, but looking at the the picture, the big picture, and trying to understand why some expansions had fared better and, and have generated better memories, and some expansions have um, done worse. Um, I think that Battle for Azeroth is going to be remembered as one of the better expansions because the story is good. Um, yeah, there's going to be people who are frustrated with the way that Sylvanas was handled as a character and as a villain. Um, and the fact that the story was split up, but both of the stories are very solid. Uh, going through Stormsong Valley, uh, Drusfar, those side quests are great. They are so well done. Um, and then the main storyline in Tearguard Sound for the Alliance is, is really good. Now, I haven't done all of the Horde storyline, uh, but what I've seen so far has been really good, and I, I really enjoyed it. I, I wish that they had done a better job of handling Sylvanas, because... I think that she could have been the greatest villain in the history of World of Warcraft, um, but they handicapped her, they, or they, they kneecapped her, um, and uh, with the, the whole Shadowlands thing. And I just, I wish that they had done a better job of because I love Sylvanas as a character. I think she's a fantastic character. She does terrible things, but that's what makes her an interesting character. Um, so, and and she her motivation is is unique in terms of WoW uh, character. So. Um, but anyway, yeah, if you if you look at, uh, you know, the Burning Crusade is a really good example of an expansion that's fondly remembered, but the story was kind of crappy. What was the story? We had to chase Illidan down, and we did that, and then was like, this expansion is not over yet. What do we do now? <laughs> and was, oh, uh, Kalthos, oh, Tempest Keep was merely a setback. Uh, yeah. Burning Crusade, I think, was fondly remembered because people liked Vanilla, and it was like Vanilla Plus. And people who were talking about Classic Plus when Season of Discovery was about to come out, um, 
they really what they were talking about was was vanilla plus which was burning crusade it improved the talent trees it it expanded the story it gave us new content that's that's basically what it was it wasn't until wrath of lich king that we get a true expansion where it it changed the game it uh it introduced new characters um with Yog Saron and, and the whole old god aesthetic, all the Titan lore. There's a lot there. I mean, obviously the Lich King is an existing character with Arthas, but um, the Wrath of the Lich King, it really gave us some really strong, solid story beats. Um, and I feel like that is is probably why it's so well-remembered. The The gameplay in Wrath of the Lich King was, was okay. It, was, it wasn't great. It wasn't bad. It was just okay. Um, tanks could just AoE everything. Um, Nobody ran out of mana. It was it was a weird time. It was a weird time in the game. Uh, and then we we regressed in Cataclysm, and then back to Mist of Pandaria. Now Mist is a really interesting one because the story is good, but I think a lot of players had a hard time relating to the story because it it is very, um, I, I I'd say, culturally it's it's very different from what most American players are used to. Um, I think for for players who are from Asia and and maybe that that the pandarian culture was modeled on um maybe they had a better time with it i don't know i have no idea because i'm not part of that culture all i know is that i had a hard time relating to the pandaren i had a hard time relating to the story um and even the garage is going crazy with with warmongering it was like all right well i get it but it's i don't know i feel like it was clumsily handled um and then obviously leading into warlords of trainer which Man, they had so much potential there. The cinematic, the cinematics in Warlord of Draenor are so good and so bad at the same time. Um, and then that brought us to Legion. And Legion, very strong story, start to finish. Um, even though the artifact power grind was annoying to some people, the story was good. The story was solid. The, the, the Illidan storyline, the uh, the deaths of Chromie, I mean, all of it was just so good. Um, and then, yeah, then we're back to BFA. Shadowlands, obviously, I'm not even going to touch that one because Shadowlands was just, everyone knows it was bad. Um, which brings us back to Dragonflight. So in Dragonflight, uh, the story is good. You have interesting characters, but none of them are really, you know, they're all archetypes. Um, and I feel like, I, I don't know. I don't know why it is that the story feels sterile. It feels bland. Um, because there's a lot of story. Uh, and maybe because there was just really no stakes set up it's like Farak is uh, crazy all right well and then we killed him and and that was that and there was nothing really there was no oh there's a side quest that we had you know Sarkareth was probably the most comical villain we've ever fought in in a raid I mean come on seriously he's the boss of an entire raid tier and he was just pathetic he's just a little boy that had daddy issues come on that was bad Rasagath was a thousand times better of a villain than Sarkarath. And even the Farak, honestly. I think Razagaz is probably going to go down as one of the greatest WoW raid bosses of all time. That fight was epic. I wish that had been the final raid. But anyway. Um, so, like I said, this is not really a rant. This is more of an observation about the game and what my hopes are for the World Soul Saga that uh, we get back to that same style of storytelling that we had in Legion and that we had in Wrath of Lich King where the story mattered and, and you felt like you were part of the story instead of just watching it flow by you. Um, and I, I really, I don't need to be champion. You are the greatest hero the Alliance has ever known. I don't need all of that. I just need the story to make sense. 
for it to be cohesive and for the characters to have real and honest motivations. You know, when Illidan killed Zira, that was an epic moment. And not just because we all thought that the Nara was going to lead us to victory against... Oh, Illidan killed her. I was like, oh, crap. We spent all that time putting her back together and then he just killed her? What? But that was what made Legion good. Because it gave you these characters and they did things that characters should do. Which is be unexpected, be unpredictable. Um, but but with within their character. And um, yeah, so... Here's hoping that we get some some really good story beats out of Alaria and uh, and Anduin and Thrall and Jaina. Um, we'll see, and, and maybe some new characters that that we can get. And you know what? I'll say it now. I really hope that we get a Sylvanas return. Uh, I really do. So we'll see. Well, that's gonna wrap up our show for today. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. It's uh, as always, it's been great, and it's been an honor to uh, be able to record these podcasts and to have them listened to and, and hopefully enjoyed. So, um, if if you enjoy the podcast, or if you don't enjoy them, and you just wanna you wanna uh, troll me, or you wanna rail on me, or insult me, or whatever, uh, please email me at denethar1 at gmail I'd love to hear from you. Uh, you can contact me on X Twitter. I am at denethar. I will occasionally stream Twitch or on YouTube, and I am Denethar01 on both of those platforms. So definitely want to get that out there. Um, I tried to do a Great Vault stream the other, uh, not this past vault, but the one before, and it didn't work out because the dog started barking like a lunatic right in the middle of it. So I had to cancel the stream right right after I started it. So that sucked, but uh, we'll get there. We will indeed get there. So again, thank you so much for listening. Remember to be good to each other out there. Uh, it's another person on the other side of that, uh, that keyboard. So um, just smile and, and try and be nice to everyone. So I love you all. Take care. And I'll see you in Azeroth.